Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along my co-host, Eddie Richard, and we have plenty to talk about with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, you know, a few things have been going on. Uh, we'll talk about the first couple weeks of games and, and, and you know our analysis of how they're doing well at some things and not so well at some things. And then we have a little bit of controversy with uh, Carlson and Zegris uh, that we will debate. It should be a good show. Uh, Eddie and I have some strong opinions and, and we're going to share them on this show with you. But uh, before we get started, we always like to talk about what we're drinking. I'm doing Red Bull Vodka. Eddie, what are you uh, partaking in? Good old H2O water. No, what? so kidding. No, 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 no. I know, I know. You guys are gonna flip out. Nope. I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty gangster today. I'm drinking Death Row Records Hard Seltzer Happy Dad Grape. Oh, oh damn! And I have a shooter. Just... Of, I have a shooter of Pink Whitney, which I'll cheers to everyone. Cheers, and I'll take the shot on the show. Damn! You just, you just blew me out of the water on that one. Holy crap! Well. Uh, I'm starting my vacation, by the way. I've been working, uh, those of you that know what I do in my real job, I've been working my ASS off. Uh, not a lot of days off in the last couple weeks. I am actually going to take this week off. I am going to Dallas to visit family, and I am going to partake in the Rams-Cowboys game. I don't have a lot of hope that my team's going to win, because <laughs> the Rams have been very shaky lately, but... I have not been to Texas yet. I have not been to Dallas Stadium, so I'm very excited uh, to go visit them. Uh, You've never been to Texas week. ever. I mean, you know, a layover on a plane oh, that doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't I don't count. count that shit. It doesn't count. Oh, so yeah, yeah it's my first time. That's, I had family that, that moved fun. from California. Yeah, I had family that moved from California, uh, like the other million people that have left in the last uh, two years or so. And uh, they lived like 45 minutes, an hour north of Dallas. So we're going to uh, meet up, a uh, little family reunion. My uncle is also out there. He, he moved to Arizona, but he has an RV and he drove out there. So I'm going to see him as well. So it's going to be a big family reunion out there. Going to be out there four or five days and then, um, you know, partake in and a little bit of football action. Obviously, hockey is my number one sport, but, but football is number two. So that that's what's going to be going on with me. I'm just glad to take a break. I, I've been uh, working like crazy lately. So Oh, yeah, you probably you deserve it. You know, it's funny you mentioned I'm taking a trip too, but, Mike, you're going to like Texas. Texas was fun. I was stationed there for six months at San Antonio. I did my canine training there. I had a blast. The nightlife, uh, the people I was with from the Air Force, Marines, and – uh, Navy and obviously, obviously my army buddies. Just our whole unit was great there when we trained. We we had a. It was probably one of the best experiences I've had in the military in my life was being in San Antonio. So it's a fun environment. The people were great. So I hope you have a good time. And um, I'm actually taking a trip myself, Veterans Day weekend, leaving uh, that Thursday night to Monday, going to Colorado just to visit some friends and hopefully catch an avalanche game over there and just kind of get some R and R. I've been working my ass off. Um, my two jobs, my business and my uh, my normal job, were launching some new software development, boring stuff. But it's been super busy, and then I take my actual main vacation in January. So I'm not sure where I'm gonna go yet, but it's gonna be out of the country. So that should be fun. So I'm glad you're gonna go, Mike. You deserve it. I hope you have a blast. Hope I get a drunk phone call one time. That'd be cool. 
Yeah, well, yeah, my hours are screwed up at work, so I, you never know. It might be two or three in the morning. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I still remember. But, uh, I, yeah. I, I still remember. I drunk called you after uh, the, the, that lottery draft results. How pissed off I was about Chicago. Yeah, I I was. I remember that too. I was in Arizona at that time, and I was I was at a bar drinking too, and I was not happy <laughs> but we'll we'll talk about that too because there's some stuff going on with leo carlson uh maybe playing another team with like fantelli on there and maybe carlson like didn't play in the game so i don't know we'll we'll, we'll dive into that too eddie and i are, are pretty fired up uh, about what's been going on with the ducks lately so let's just kind of dive into it we had uh summer elder 46 on instagram he asked us you know how do you think the ducks are playing so far and uh, we'll, we'll break down the games. We won't go into like a lot of depth, but we'll talk about what's going on with the Ducks. And uh, I mean, overall, I do like how the Ducks are playing. I, I think that now it's ex exciting to watch them play. Uh, it, it, you know, last year we were excited in the beginning. Halfway through the season, it was like, oh my God, we're doing horrible. And then it was like, you're almost you know, hoping that they would lose, get a high draft pick. I hate to say that, but that's kind of how a lot of, a lot of people felt. And that's kind of how we felt. Now, they're in all the games. Um, you know, they've only they've only won two uh, so far. But, I mean, they've been in the games. They, they've had a crappy um, schedule. They started out at Vegas, then at home against Carolina. They played Dallas. And then, again, back-to-back -back Arizona and Boston. So, you know, just kind of a, a screwed-up thing um, with the way the schedule was working, uh, kind of against the Ducks, you know. And they're playing tough teams. You've got, uh, at least at the time of this recording, Vegas is still undefeated. And they played Boston. Boston is undefeated as well. We're, we're recording at the, uh, the tail end of the second game where the Ducks are playing Boston right now. And, and the Ducks look good in the beginning, but now they're not looking so good. But uh, it's been crazy. But I, I think that they've done okay overall. If you look in the, in the first, we'll kind of take them in groups, I guess, Eddie. The first couple games, they played Vegas. They ended up losing 4-1, to one, but they were in that game till late. Vegas pulled away in the third and they ended up losing. And then uh, I went to the home opener against Carolina. Super wild game. The Ducks jumped out to a 3 nothing lead. Uh, Carolina got back and made it close, and then the Ducks got a couple of empty net goals, and they won that game. So, you know, just those early reactions in the first couple games, uh, I was very happy with what I saw. Uh, we'll talk about, obviously, special teams, which I'm not happy. But um, at least, you know, there's an improvement. There's an excitement with this team. They're more competitive. Um, they're not, you know, getting down two, three goals right away, and then we're like, screw it. They're out of it. I mean, they've been in every single game, Eddie. Uh, just that first weekend, I, you know, the first two games, my early impression is I was excited to see uh, the product on the ice. Not, not a championship team, not a playoff team, but at least a team going in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Mike? This is the first time on our show's history that we're actually recording while the Ducks game is playing. Unfortunately, Boston scored again. They're up 3-1. to one. But I think this is yeah, the first time we're actually recording during a live game. So it's pretty interesting. So we'll keep you updated on on the score and what our thoughts about this game. But yeah, you know what? That opening night, which I missed. This is like the first time I missed uh, opening night Ducks game since I moved back here. But my brother needed some help moving and other stuff like that. So uh, I mean, obviously my brother takes priority over anything else, especially after losing our dad. Like my brother and I got so much closer. But he's gonna owe me for that. He's gonna owe me a game for me missing it. But man. Frank the Tank came to play. It was a great game. Everyone thought Carolina was going to whoop on the Ducks, especially they were like 
a high offensive team coming into those uh, that the game number three. I'm glad they beat. Them. I'm glad they kept that record. For some reason, the Ducks love to play their their hearts out and play like a Stanley Cup team every time they have a season opener or home opener. So it's always good to see that the Vegas one. It wasn't too surprising that they're gonna lose. I remember some guy uh, posted on Twitter that he made a little a bet, like a hundred dollar bet or or ten dollar bet. If the Ducks won four to one, he can win like what twelve hundred bucks. Unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, he didn't win that. So that was a uh, that was bad. And then the game just kind of just fluctuate, went up and down. The Ducks haven't really got blown out. They've been into games. I mean, obviously their special teams is still still uh, underwater, under the ice, however you want to call it. And the, the discipline has not been there. But you know what? Here's my take on it. I'm glad the Ducks are undisciplined. I'm glad they're playing. Like that, they're playing more dirtier, nastier. There's no identity to the team years before. So yeah, the penalties suck. It's, it sucks that they always do that. But I'm I'm at least glad they have some sort of identity. They're gonna play that way. Those dirty ducks. It's the dirt. Uh, the dirty thirty. They call it the thirty anniversary. Why not be dirty and start forming that identity? Some of the best teams that win the Stanley Cup have have to have that feistiness and that nastiness going in into it and winning. Uh, look at Vegas. They ran the three centers and they had some some guys on the back end that can throw their body around. They weren't afraid to do that. So overall, all these games I've seen so far. Uh, minus the Blue Jackets game when they uh, bench Zegris and the whole Leo Carlson situation, I think they've been pretty, pretty okay games, pretty good games. Like you said, not a championship team, not a Stanley Cup team, but it's a big improvement from last season. So that's that's all I ask for, and I just hope, you know, and continue to hope that this team's gonna keep getting better, figure out what they need to do to, to fix the special teams, and, and like I said, I, I have uh, for this team. Um, as a rebuild thing, I'm saying uh, you know two to three years, maybe closer to three years, so the Ducks could actually be competitive. But they have a lot of work to do and a lot of things they need to fix. Um, I'm here until the end. I don't care if the Ducks go 0 and 82. I'm, I'm still a Ducks fan. But yeah, I'm not. I won't be surprised if Ducks still uh, landed a, a top three, top four pick uh, come draft, and they're in the bottom of the standings again. Yeah, you know, it's been interesting those those first couple of games too. You touched on a few things, uh, you know, the dirty 30 thing. My my better half, she really likes Gudis and that game at home against Carolina. He laid the hip check out early in that game and and then you saw them get into it uh, at the end of the period in the inter, in, you know, intermission there too as well. Um, you know, there, there's more character with this team. There's more fire with this team. So I, I think that's been a huge plus. That's been something Eddie and I have talked about in the last couple seasons that the Ducks have not had, and it's there now. Um, they're showing that. They, they're showing that flair. And it was interesting, too, in the first two games, you talked about Carlson. He was hurt in practice. He fell into the boards on a one-on-one drill, and he ended up not playing in these first two games. Then... The Ducks were at home against Dallas. I went to that game. We got to see Carlson debut. You also got to see uh, Leno debut as well. And Carlson scored in that game. Super exciting game. Uh, Troy Terry scored first in that one. Uh, Dallas came back, got a couple goals. But then, um, you know, Leo was able to score and, and tie it up in the second, or excuse me, in the third at 2-2. Two two. And then, of course, a bad bounce off Fowler Skate, and the Ducks ended up losing that game. But, uh, you know, another close game against, you know, Stanley Cup contending team, Dallas. So, you you know, you, you got to see Carlson in action then. And, you know, uh, everybody was good with that. You got to, you got to see uh, him again. You know, they played Arizona. 
and he was in action there. The Ducks ended up losing that game. That game, to me, was kind of boring. The Ducks got down 2-0. Really not a lot happening. The Ducks did finally score on the power play, which is their only power play goal so far this season by our guy Frank the Tank. And they lost that game 2-1. And then this is kind of where all the like controversy stuff kind of starts. The Ducks played Boston again. You know, they had a back-to-back weekend again Arizona Boston they drop both these games then they go on to Columbus and they you know won that one in dramatic fashion but you had the uh, Carlson not playing in the game against Boston then it came out that the Ducks had a development plan for Carlson but nobody really knew like what the heck was going on so he doesn't play in that game and you're like okay you know they're kind of resting him you know he did have the injury earlier in the season uh, the Ducks in this first game against Boston played them really tight too. They actually uh, had a one nothing lead in the third period, and then unfortunately their their rookie who who never scored scored two goals. It never happens, right? Uh, a guy that scores his first NHL goal against the Ducks that that I swear that's every team every player on every team. Um, but you know the Ducks lost that one three to one empty net goal, but it was a tight game. So then then it's kind of sets up. You're like, okay, the Ducks are going to play Columbus. You got Fontelli. Um, you know, against Carlson, you know, it's going to be awesome. And then, no, we find out that, you know, there's no Carlson in this game. So I'm kind of leading into the other topic, but I, I won't dive into it too much. But it was just kind of weird that, you know, we find out that Carlson doesn't play two games back-to-back. The Ducks uh, got down twice in this game against Columbus. They rallied back. They won. Um, they got the overtime uh, goal. Um, you know, and they were able to pull it out. Uh, you know, Frank the Tank's been on fire for the Ducks. Five goals already. He had the hat trick also in that um, home opener against Carolina. And, uh, you know, excitement with the Ducks. They still won the game. There was also drama with the Zegers getting benched in that game. We'll, we'll go into that uh, too in just a second. But overall, what I've seen in these games is, is the Ducks are playing better at even strength. They're playing, you know, at 48 uh, 49% for the Corsi 4 and Fenwick 4. A lot better where last year they were just atrocious. Special teams is terrible. They're in the 70% for the penalty kill and they're you know hanging on to like 5% on the power play. Just, just stupid. The other big problem Eddie mentioned is is the discipline. Um, it, it's good in the sense that Eddie talked about more character, you know, uh, more toughness. We've seen the way that they've been a little bit more grit, energy, and whatnot. But they're also giving up six power plays against per game. It's like, holy crap. Like, you know, you can't do that. And they've been giving up power play goals, uh, you know, just left and right. They've given up uh, eight power play goals in those first six games. Crazy. So those are kind of my first thoughts overall, Eddie. Um, It's really a tale of two teams. I feel like this team is great on on five on five, four on four. They're, you know, fantastic. They could win every game. But... In all these games so far, they're giving up power play goals uh, with the exception of that first game against Boston. They didn't give up one, a shocker. But they've been giving up like, you know, one or two power play goals against every game. It's, it's, it's a huge problem. I'm, I'm all for being nasty and, 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 and playing hard and doing these things. But that's the part that's kind of killing me early on. What, what are your early thoughts before we dive into the whole Carlson and Zegers thing? Because we'll get to that and you and I are going to spend a lot of time on that. I just like it's a different a different form team. I mean, compared to last season, this team just did a complete 180 the way they're playing. I mean, yes, Ducks usually uh, have good starts uh, of the season, and they rely both on the back end and the goalies, and the goalies take a lot of a lot of shots for those. But then reality finally sets in, and 
and those teams that had those kind of decent starts in the beginning, they start weeding out, and the real teams that the, the real Stanley Cup competitors, the real Stanley Cup teams, they start coming coming to light. Um, I, I like what I've seen so far. It's been some fun hockey. And, uh, I'm really itching to go to my first uh, Ducks game of this season. Um, yeah, hopefully I can go soon. But yeah, I I, I liked everything I've seen. Gudis is probably one of my favorite players, favorite signings. I love that grit. I love the nastiness of him. Yeah, the stupid penalties maybe have to go. Uh, but he likes to throw his body around. He likes to get into your face. Other teams know how he plays against, and they don't want to. They don't want any part of him. Um, Mike, I know what we're talking about. You were talking about you want. You might be thinking about getting a Frank the Tank jersey. I'm actually thinking about getting a Gudis jersey just to to rock on number seven Gudis. Get it signed. Hang it. It's, I like players like that. They're just I don't know for some reason I like that style of play. I like the physicality of it, and, and he really brings some. Uh, I have some needed protection that the Ducks didn't have. You know what? That game, too, it gets Arizona. I know the Ducks' rivals are, are the Kings, or they were back in the day, but it seems like Arizona and Anaheim don't like each other one bit at all. It's just like all that animosity toward, uh, from last season when Terry got jumped and accosted, it, it just keeps bleeding over. And it's like I'm excited to watch these Arizona and Ducks games more than I'm actually excited than watching the Kings and Ducks because for some reason it just seems like those teams don't like each other one bit and I love that that's a great rivalry and I hope it keeps building from there and I miss that old school kind of rivalry where you go to a game or I guess you go to a what you go to a, a hockey game and a fight breaks out or something like that I miss those things and it seems like Arizona and Anaheim are really building that rivalry and something and Hopefully it gets that worse. We can actually get another outdoor game. I mean, Arizona or Quebec, whatever they're going to move to. I mean, they can't stay in a college forever. But, yeah, I don't know if you saw the interview, Mike, too. They asked Zegris about him playing at the Mullet Arena, and he just kind of started laughing. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I mean, I, I'm with you, too. I, I, I feel, especially with that Terry incident, I, I think that those two teams are definitely more of a rivalry. It seems like when they played the Kings as of late – it's been a lot more mellow, you know. Even the Sharks too is our other, you know, you know, quote California rival. Wait, who? They've seemed kind of mellow. Yeah, the Sharks. Who? You, you heard of that team? <laughs> no, wait, but the AHL team that's like what zero and six or something like that, zero and seven. Oh <laughs> damn! Wow, <laughs> times are rough in no cow. Uh, yeah, no cow. There we that's go. A, yeah, I love it. Per- perfect. Yeah, perfect for them. But uh, I'm with you. It seems like, yeah, it's it pretty intense when they play Arizona. So I, I'm really excited uh, when Arizona comes to town. You know, um, the way my schedule works this uh, so far for the beginning of the season, I'll, I'll, actually kind of works out. I'm going to miss some of the Sunday games, unfortunately, but I'll be able to catch a lot of like the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday games. So uh, I'm excited to, you know, see when they come to town and see how they play. But, uh, yeah, the the biggest thing, I mean, it just, I hate to harp on it, but the penalties have just been a killer with this team. I, I mean, you can't play a game, give up six power plays against, and expect to win. And the only way you do win is one of two ways. You either, you either blow out the other team, which the Ducks did in Carolina. They jumped out to a 3 nothing lead, ended up winning 6-3. to Or your goalie has to play outstanding. And that's what we've had with Dostal and Net. Um, that game against Columbus, 35 saves on 37 shots on goal. And, right? And 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 we had that too, um, you know, Super Bajoran 31 on Instagram asked, you know, is Dostal ready to be the starting goalie? 
I say absolutely, hell yeah, he is. He's gotten the Ducks two wins so far, and he's looked fantastic. Uh, you know, he's 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 playing phenomenal. I mean, his save percentage before this the seventh game against Boston is uh, nine two seven. You know, Gibson not far behind nine zero seven, but. Um, I, I just I think Dossel's ready, and that's another thing I look to at this season. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do in net. Uh, they've kind of been alternating them so far, but I, I would like to see Dostal play uh, more games. And uh, you know, I, I think that's one thing to monitor as the season goes on, Eddie. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, let's start this again. Let's start the goalie controversy because it seems like goalie controversies has been happening in Anaheim since the longest time in the world. I'm still team trade Gibson. I'm sorry. I he, I like Gibson. He's a fantastic goalie, phenomenal. But I think his his talents are being wasted right now in Anaheim. He has a he's the kind of goalie that can get a team over that hump to get them to the Stanley Cup final and possibly win a Stanley Cup. What's the point of keeping um, John Gibson around if you're not going to be competitive for another two, three, maybe even four years? He's going to go past his prime. You're paying him. You have a dose ready to take over the, the reins as a number one starter to get more games. He's looked sharp and fantastic, the games he's played. He looks better, like way better than last season, even though he was still good last season. Why not trade Gibson get more assets? Uh, the goalie market's really short. There's a lot of teams that need that kind of stability and net that a, a, a game-changing goaltender. Why not exploit that and take advantage of that and get the biggest return you can and make a blockbuster deal that's only going to help push the Ducks to a faster rebuild? We can get a, a higher draft picks. We can get a, a, a nice roster player that can fill fill the net with pucks and or someone that can actually score on special teams. I, we need something different than that. We already have what, pretty about 1A, 1B. It's, it's safe to say you can say that with the way Doss is playing. I mean, you started him opening night. He's getting uh, more games. He has the more wins. I know it's still short in the season, but, I mean, come on. Like, something has to give. You can't just keep holding on to these goalies because you think you're going to be competitive this season. I don't know if you're smoking something over there um, for Beak and what he's doing over there, but you, you can't look at this team and say you're going to be a Stanley Cup contender in the next year or two. It, that's, that's just kind of, like, unrealistic thinking for this team, especially how the league is going. Uh, a lot more skill, uh, more teams are, are grinding up and beefing up their third line with potential sh- players that can play on the first or second line in other teams if they didn't have that much skill. Look at Vegas. You have William Carlson playing the third line uh, center. He can, on, on a bad team, he could play the first line role. On an average team, he could play second line center role. But you have to actually stop and look at the bright future. You have a, a great goalie that you can, you can have take over the starting role. You can go sign... Uh, some backup goalie to, to alleviate some games off him and just unload Gibson and just get a full full load return on him. It just that that's the, the I don't know. It just makes sense to me to trade him. I don't know what you think about that, Mike. No, I mean we've talked about that before on this show, and we and you know uh, we you know you thought it was going to happen in the summertime. It, it didn't. Um, you know, so did uh, some some other other Frank, a different Frank the Tank, thought that that was going to happen, didn't quite work out like he said. But um, I, you know, I still think there's a possibility that that could happen during the season. And I'm with you because it kind of kind of goes with one question that you talked about earlier. We had, uh, and I love this name, hashtag Daily Jaden on Instagram asks us, you know, do you know how long the Ducks will be rebuilding? When will they make the playoffs? Well, um, I, you know, I say they're at least two years out. Um, you mentioned maybe closer to three. But if you really want to get things going and get this team more competitive, I, I, I'm with you. I think you need to move on from Gibson. 
Um, I like Dostal. I think he's ready. You trade Gibson. Um, you Maybe you get another goalie in the trade that, that'll play behind Dostal. And you try to get a, a top you know six forward or a, a top four defenseman. And the return, obviously, I don't think the return is going to be as good as what we could have got a year or two ago. You know, you and I have you know, talked about that at nauseum. But um, I, I think if you're going to make a trade with this team and, and you want to pump them up and get them ready to go, that, that's what I would do. Because I, I just think Dost, uh, Dostal's the guy. I think Gibson needs a change of scenery. And that, and that's how I feel. Um, you know, and, and so far, I mean, it's early. We're only in the seventh game right now. And, and, and Gibson's getting smoked here in the seventh game against Boston. But uh, he hasn't really shown me why he should be the number one goalie. I think Dostal is is the man that should be in there. And I'm with you. I, I, I say make a trade. Go go get somebody that's going to propel this team a little bit farther. Because, you know, I don't know what's going on with Gibson. I, I don't know if it's his groin injury that's never really gone away, it seems. Um, his side-to-side movement seems to be suspect, um, re- you know, recently in the last couple seasons. So I'm with you. I, I say, hey, let, let's go for it. Let's let's make a trade. And that was another question we had too from House of Comics. You know, would you make a trade? Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's the trade to make right now. I mean, you've got your defense. You you pulled in. You brought in Gudis. You brought in Kalorn, uh, which we found out that Kalorn was skating at Great Park Ice this week. So hopefully he'll be back soon. So you you got those guys. You brought them in. You've got these youngsters that are are, are doing awesome. You know. Uh, Mint Yukulov is 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 doing great. You've had Leno up there. Maybe we see Zellwanger on defense in there. Lacombs looked sharp as well. Um, so I'm I'm kind of leaning towards hey, you trade Gibson and go get a a forward that can go out there and, and kick kick butt. You know that's kind of what I'm looking at. And I'll kind of hold off, but it kind of goes into the Carlson thing, and I'll, I'll hold on that. But I, I, I'm with you, Eddie. I mean because you know we've we've had a hole in the top six. Uh, now because of this development plan. But I, I don't know if you want to dive into the whole Carlson thing now or you got a little bit more to add about trading. Oh, Minty, you mentioned him. Uh, you, my pants got a little tighter. He's been playing <laughs> fantastic. He looks like he he doesn't look out of place one bit. His defensive game, how smart he is, how physical he is, that is a solid and amazing draft pick the Ducks got. The, the Ducks, yeah, yeah, I know we're really critical on the team. We're realists, and we're going to say it how it is. We're not going to sit here and, and you know, we're not going to be fangirls the whole time on the show. We're going to tell you the truth and how it is. This team, once they get to that point, they're going to be dangerous. They have the best prospect pipeline in the whole entire National Hockey League. I think they have one of the best uh, prospect pipelines in the last, like, last few years in, in any team. They're just so just... Great at drafting them. If Drysdale can uh, can stay healthy and he can actually produce what he's capable of, it's going to be dangerous. Minty, uh, I just didn't know how good this kid was until I've seen him play these games. He, he's just he's just great. He looks yeah he's he's probably one of my top favorite players on the Ducks right now, especially on the prospect pool. He's just he's everywhere. He's smart. He, he's he's a smart hockey player. I'm glad that we picked him up, and I'm glad he's on this team. Like I said, guys. This team's going to be super dangerous and scary for many years to come. We're going to be in the playoffs. Every year we're going to be like Colorado, like Vegas. That just, okay, people know when the Ducks come in, it's going to be a Stanley Cup contending team. Every season this, this team goes. It's it's going to happen soon. We have to be patient. We have to just ride out the storm 
I mean, at least we're not pay, uh, playing in the college. But, yeah, I could see huge dividends paying for this team and the way they draft it. So I, I want to leave that on a positive note before we start diving into the Leo Carlson situation. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Uh, Minty Kuloff has been just kicking butt. You know, he scored, too. I got to see his first goal in that game against Carolina. And he's been doing fantastic. I, I hope that he stays up the whole season. I love the way he's played. Um, if he doesn't stay fantastic. up, Mike, I, I don't care if I lose my security clearance. I'm going to riot. I'll be a one-man riot wrecking crew in front of Hotness Center yelling. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, he's, he's looked fantastic. Uh, he's looked great. Now, the other one that, that's looked great, but hasn't been able to play all the games is Leo Carlson. So <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into this and, and we both have some strong opinions about this. I think Eddie's the one that's more pissed off for lack of a better term than I am, but we finally found out Pat Verbeek talked to Pierre Lebrun and he said, okay, this is the plan. Okay. The plan is he will play two games a week for the first two months. Then they will have a reevaluation and see where he goes from there. And Verbeek did sit down with Leo. He did sit down with the agent. And together, they came up with this plan. Um, that, that's what the reporting is saying. So, I, I, when it first happened, when he didn't play in the back-to-back scenario, I wasn't really that upset. Because, again, he got hurt in practice, preseason, didn't play a couple games. I kind of get it. Then... You had this big hype up of him against Fantelli. The Columbus game, he doesn't play. Two games in a row. Then they mentioned this. So, you know, I, to me, I'm glad Verbeek, you know, talked to the agent, talked to the player, had this plan. It wasn't like he imposed this on him and all that stuff. That part, I, I get it. I'm okay with. But then you had Elliot Freeman chimed in on this, and he talked about comparing Carlson to Stamkos and how Stamkos played less than 10 minutes and three of his uh, first four games, and then in the first uh, seven of forty games he played, and it was it was clock management with Stamkos. So th- that's the thing that I'm kind of looking at here. It, to me, if you want to rest him this first season, and, and Verbeek was saying like he doesn't want him to hit a wall halfway through the season, like I guess apparently that's what happened to Verbeek back in the day. I mean, I I, I kind of get it, but here's the thing: why not let him play more games? Just reduce the minutes. That that that's kind of where I'm sitting with this. I that's that's the thing that I feel. I I, I think him missing games throws him off, throws him out of a rhythm. And I and I get there's like a, a strength and workout plan and things that he's not doing while he's not at the game. That's fine, but nothing compares to game action. I don't care what drills you run. I don't care how many weights you lift. I don't care if you get on the treadmill. I don't care if you run a marathon. I don't care what you do off the ice. What you do off the ice will never, ever compare to what's on the ice. Period. So to me, get him out there. Let him play. This guy is, you know, he's not even 20 years old yet. He's enthusiastic. He's fantastic in what we've seen so far. Creating plays. They posted a stat on there how he's elevated even Zegers' game. Um, Zegers has zero points when Carlson doesn't play. When Carlson does play, Zegers has one assist. Now, that's not a lot. I mean, you're talking about four games and two games. Four games without Carlson and two games with him. It's a, and it's early. It's early. And that'll tie into another thing. I don't want to dive off on the Zegers, but that's a whole other topic. But 
that that's my situation and my take. I, I'm glad Verbeek talked to the agent. They did all that stuff. Great. That's cool, dude. I'm glad you sat down and talked to him. But I, I just, to me, is the agent and the player accepting it? I, it just, I don't know. I don't know why they would accept that, Eddie. I, I just think there's a better way of going about it. I think it's bullshit. I think the agent and the player did not accept this at all. It's just a fluff. They, they want to put out a little PR move. A nice little PR person wrote it up and said a little fluff like that. There's no way in hell you expect me to believe a player is willing to agree just to play two games a week and not be on the ice. You're a freaking athlete and a hockey player. Any sport you play, any person that plays a sport, they don't want to sit back in the sidelines. and They want to play and be part of the game. So I think it's bullshit. You're an agent. You want to showcase your client. You want to maximize the most return and get the most money back from your client you can possibly get. And you sit playing him two games, like load management, that's completely bullshit. That's ba- That's bitch basketball bullshit. I don't know why hockey's so, so keen on trying to do everything basketball does. That league is a piece of shit league. And those players... Like LeBron James, when he freaking has the air conditioning too high, has to go get lifted off the court. Like, come on. This is hockey. This is a man sport. This is a sport that has been doing great for so many years to come. So many great athletes have started as 18, 19 years old playing full games, getting their body trashed up, and being superstar and franchise players. What you're doing, you're just you're keeping a diaper on someone and holding their hand and walking them through it. If it's that case, just send them back to Sweden. Send them back to the, send them to the AHL. Let them play. Let them get in those situations. Let them learn the game. How did you learn to swim, Mike? I, I'm I, I'm what I'm 36 years old. My brother threw me in the deep end. I would never have learned yep. to swim by myself if my brother never has done that. And you're over here, you're just gonna hold his hand and put a pacifier in his mouth. I'm oh, I'm sorry, Mike. That's fucking bullshit. And it's an embarrassment to the league. Now I understand why Fentality did not and would have not signed with the Ducks. Because the Ducks, what they're doing right now, only shows that they're an embarrassment to the league. They're an embarrassment to the sport. Like Devin Dubik said on NHL Network, that's not hockey. He meant comments about that too. And I think what the Ducks are doing, no matter how much fluff you want to write on it, is the wrong approach to develop someone. And if I were that player, the only thing I'm thinking about is just making my name for myself, playing the best I can, and once that time comes, get the hell out, get the hell out of Anaheim, especially the way they treated him. It's just that's the dumbest thing you you can do. Uh, basketball does that a lot. Anthony Edwards, the Timber uh, Timberwolves. I know him. Uh, or I know of him. He started in that movie with Adam Sandler, but he was uh, quoted saying that he thinks load management is BS too. Um, I know this is not. A primary thing for for owners and management but fans have a right and a lot of fans said that too on twitter and facebook they, they're paying money to watch the product on the ice and anthony edwards mentioned that too these fans are paying their hard-earned money and we're professional athletes we get paid well we should go and play unless you're hurt or something lingering uh you should be able to play each and every night and i, I think it's just what the what the ducks have started and they're doing I guess I, 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 this is one of the few times I'm embarrassed to be a Ducks fan. I think it's pathetic, and management's pathetic for doing it. The owners are pathetic for allowing it to happen. And it, it's just, like I said, I would hate to lose someone uh, of Carlson's caliber, but if I'm the player, like I said, I'll be thinking of getting the hell out of the Anaheim team as fast as I can. Well, that's the, that's the thing, too, is the long-term effect of this, which... which that, that ties into Zegers, which I'll hold off on that too with his whole benching thing. But with, with Carlson too, you're right. I, I mean, you 
you want to do this quote development plan, the load management, however you want to word it, whatever whatever term you want to use. Um, and I, I don't agree either. I, I mean, I, I understand trying to rest him more often. I'm fine with that, but I almost feel like they're treating him like a goalie. It's like, okay, we're going to play back-to-back games. You can't, you can't play in one of the back-to-back games. I mean, you're a forward and you're a teenager. You're, you're not a goalie. Like, you know, that's kind of, kind of weird to me. So I, the method I prefer is clock management, and I think that he should play, but then you play him less. Maybe you don't play him on the penalty kill. Uh, maybe you, you you get him some looks on the power play, or, or you know what I mean, however you're going to do it. But the other part is, Eddie and I have always talked about this on the show, is chemistry, the intangibles. You're messing with Zegris and Terry and their chemistry. Because here's the thing. He's not going in and out of the line of playing a bottom six role. He's not even playing a top six role. He's playing on the top line when he plays. So now he goes in, he plays with Zegris and Terry, but then when he's out, Henrique's then going in and playing with Zegris and Terry. So you're messing up the forward line chemistry by doing this. You're better off putting Carlson in there as much as you can. And if you need to rotate a couple shifts, you rotate a couple shifts and you don't have him play. Uh, plain and simple, because and, and he showed it in those early stats that they were talking about that Zegers is getting more shots. He's more dangerous when Carlson is in there playing with him as opposed to when he's not. And it's probably the same with Terry too. I don't have all the stats on that, but uh, you know, I think he those three together are an awesome line combination, and you should have them together out there playing. And if once in a while you throw Henrique in the middle in a game here and there, fine. But but when you're alternating games, and also you had you had Carlson miss two games in a row. I, I really don't like that. On top of it, I, you're not even alternating games. Actually, you're you're you know you're, he's out, out two games. I, I'm like, what what are we doing here? So those are some of the things to look at. The other thing that Eddie brought up, and this is a concern that. We kind of touched on this on the last show, and a lot of you, you know, touched on this with Drysdale and Zegers and the contract thing. So, what happens down the road? You know, when you get towards the end of his entry level contract, is he going to be so happy to want to be back with the Ducks, or is he going to want to try and you know be traded, or, or what's going to happen? I mean, that's the issue. And I think if you uh, aren't comfortable with him playing less minutes and playing more games, then okay, have him go to the goals. Um, and do that because you're, you're so concerned about him getting used to the North American game as opposed to the European game with the r- rinks being different. I, I get that. I'm, I'm on board with that. Then send him down to San Diego. Um, so, you know, we asked you guys too, what did you guys think about this and how many games would he play? Because at this rate, you know, he missed the first two. So you've got 80 games right after that. Uh, he's going to play of the first, four, you know, technically the next 40, we'll say. He'll probably play 20 games. If we're going with this this two two games a week kind of thing, he's probably, you know, going to be around 20 games or so halfway through the season. So I asked, you know, uh, put out a poll question, what did you guys think? How many games, you know, would he or should he play this season? And 23% of you said 20 uh, or more. 17% said 30 or more. 28% said 40 or more, and then 32 said 50 or more. Um, and, and that's the other part of this, too, is uh, Verbeek said, okay, well, he's going to play more in the second half. Okay, well, if he's going to play more in the second half, uh, he, he better play 50 to 60 games. If not, if we're going to stay on this pace, then he's going to be playing half the season. So 
I, I'm not, to me, I, I just don't agree with it. If you want to rest them here and there on back-to-back games, I, I that's probably, I could kind of see that. But but other than that, Eddie, I, I just I just don't agree with the way that they're running this uh, development plan. Nope, and I'm 100% agree with you too. And I agree with a lot of fans. They got really upset about that, as they should have. Like, you, you want to go and watch... I know one fan, too, was uh, in Columbus watching the game. He wanted to see the little Carlson Fintali, um thing. You want to grow the game, that's the way to do it. Number two and three picks went head-to-head. That's a big markety thing. Uh, that's huge. But no, once again, uh, the, the Ducks and NHL... Just, or actually, the Ducks this time failed to capitalize on something that could have brought a lot more viewers. I mean, even non-hockey fans, yeah, they want to see a number two overall going against a number uh, three overall. That's just the fun of it. It's the whole storyline of it. Like it's all about storylines in sports. You, you want to see that, and no, and look at Fantelli. He had a great game. I think the best game of the season he had against the Ducks. Scored a goal, got an assist. Glad the Ducks won that game because I don't know. I was pissed off. Fantelli scored that goal. Had to buy another shot at the bar. I was like, screw this. I'm gonna get drunk. Um, I just you can't do that to players. The best way to develop them is let them play, and they want to play. Him sitting, taking practices and stuff like that. No, just send him down to San Diego. Let's see how he plays there. You sent Zegras down there. You've done that uh, and did that. Drysdale, his development really, uh, really increased because during COVID, you're allowed to send those kind of players back over there in the AHL, and that really helps them. Yeah, you're worried about them getting hit, but it's hockey. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure hitting will be taken out of hockey soon, the way this league is getting watered down and going, but. I mean, you want to see this player develop uh, the right way. You want to see him try to earn um, that chance to get a, a Calder finalist kind of thing and or maybe even win it. You never know how these players can develop. You never know. But Bedard can get hurt or hit a, a wall or something. Let him play. Let him do his thing. and let, let him get the chemistry. Like you said, Mike, I'm glad you mentioned that. Chemistry is one of the most important things. But you just keep pulling him in and out of the lineup. It's not consistent. And it's just going to, I think, in my opinion, it's going to hinder his development. I agree with you. Maybe clock management, maybe not put him in those like high situations, uh, not not play him 15, 20 minutes per game, but get him in games consistently and get him used to it. Yes, he played a lot of hockey uh, back last season, but no, this it's welcome to NHL, kid. You're making good money, like product. I text my boss right now too, Mike. I'm sorry, I had to text my manager. Um, I asked her if I could have some load management. I'm working too much. If I could just take some days off, just to. Had a load of management on me, and she told me no, and started laughing at me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try texting your boss, yeah, that, Mike, and see what they say. Oh, oh, yeah, that, that yeah, that would not fly uh, at all. And and what you're talking about too, you know, that whole thing uh, that ties into the Zegers thing, and we'll, we'll dive into the whole Zegers thing now. Uh, that Columbus game. That you know you were happy the Ducks put it off in one right. We didn't we didn't get to see the big number two against number three Fantelli against Carlson. So you know a lot of you were concerned. A lot of questions. We had Diaz eighty two asked you know was Zegers benching a good call? Ducks fans you know what's your opinion of him getting benched? Uh, you know a lot of you upset obviously. So in that game the Ducks got behind one nothing, rally back. They got behind two nothing. And then that you know they ended up tying it in the third two to two. They go to overtime. Frank the Tank comes through with the win. So Zegers gets benched at the end of the second period, and he does not play the third period. He does not play the overtime. Um, and some of the issues that you could see is on the power play. And there are some things with Zegers. Zegers has not been playing up to the level that we that we want. Um, he's only got one assist 
in like the first six games. He you know, still hasn't gotten a goal. In these power plays in the second period against Columbus, you could see he had chances to shoot the puck or like pass to Terry. He didn't do it. Kind of goes around the net and like kind of wastes, you know, a chance, a scoring chance. And that's what, you know, Greg Cronin's been talking about with the Ducks, especially on the power play, is that sometimes they have these chances to score and then they just, they, they just, they, they, I don't know if they hesitate, they think too much, they second guess, whatever it is, but they're, they're not making the most of their chances. They're getting chances, which is good. They're creating chances on the power play, but they're not always like taking the shot um, or hitting the open man on a pass and whatnot. And, and Zegers is doing some of that. Part of it, too, is Zegers uh, isn't always the greatest on back checking, which we, we've already known that. So all that taken into account, Cronin's not happy. He benches him. Doesn't play the rest of the game. So, again, this is another one where I, 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 I agree with part of it and I don't agree with part of it. I understand the stuff that went on, and, and and if he wants to bench him because of you know some of that stuff, he's not hustling as much. He's he's not, you know, making the right plays. He's turning over the puck too much. I get it. I'm 100% on board with that. Uh, you gotta let players know, and you gotta send a message. But to me, you know, you maybe you sit him down for two or three shifts in the beginning of the third period. Maybe you tell him, hey, the five minute mark, six minute mark, whatever it is, you'll be back in. The thing that I don't like is they took him out of that game, period, and there was not a chance at redemption for Zegers and there. He never got that chance. He had to wait until the next game against Boston. So he didn't have a chance to go out there. Me, this is just me. This is my strategy. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the coach. I'm not there in the locker room. I don't know all that was said and whatnot. But my, my take is that I would say, hey, man, you know you're not playing at the level that you are. You're doing A, B, and C. You're, you're screwing some shit up. I'm going to give you a timeout in the beginning of the third period. And then I'm going to throw you back out there. And I expect you to rebound, play better, and do this. Then, if you don't, and you fuck shit up, then okay. Then you bench him the rest of the game. That, that That's how I would have handled it. But I don't know. I don't know what was said in the locker room. I, I don't know if, if Cronin maybe benched him in one of the games early in the season for a couple minutes. And we didn't see that. And, and this is kind of his his second or third time talking to him about this i mean we don't know but i don't know i'm all about giving that 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 person a chance to redeem himself and, and, and prove himself and i think it's got to be frustrating because you talk about carlson sitting you know in the locker room or at home or whatever not playing games well now you have zegris he's not able to be out there in a critical game where they were down two to one and and yes they ended up getting that late goal and then frank the tank and overtime they ended up winning it all worked out but I don't know. And then does that go on and affect Zegers with his contract thing later on? That's another part of it. So that's kind of my take on it, Eddie. I, I, I don't disagree with the benching, but I just think for the rest of the game, I, I don't know. I thought it was too much in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, Zegers has that cocky attitude, and he has that kind of personality where like, he wants to redeem himself. Redeem himself. If he would have put, put, uh, put out there after benching, I think he uh, he would have done some damage. Like He wants, to, he wants that redemption, but you just – Taking him out completely, taking him out of overtime. It's, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not the coach, but I, I would have done something different. Like unless something was said in the locker room, or he was just giving attitude, or pretty much said like, "f you" to the coach and wasn't accepting the responsibility that his defensive play hasn't been up to par. But yeah, it's just. I think he has to be better this season. It's one assist in what game seven now, and I'm like, yeah, he has no points this game. Um, yeah, he has to be better. He, I, I don't know if that little, 
thing in the uh, off season where he signed late, he didn't have that part of training camp or just a, a slow start for him. But your year one of your new contract, it's like it's time to um, step up and really prove the, that you're worth uh, the more money that you want eventually in the future. You're supposed to be potentially a, a franchise player, a game changer for us. But it's not showing these these these, these first few uh, games. The sample size isn't really that great. Um, hopefully, it's just a minor lapse in, in, I guess, his play, and he just explodes. But I was expecting him to at least get, <laughs> at least get maybe 70, maybe 75, 80 points this season. And six games in, seven games in, you have one assist. It's not looking too good. But I have my hopes up for him, and I hope he just uh, he finds his game. And, yeah, it's like, yeah, you have these highlight real goals, and you're really – you're really talented with the puck, but it's like you want to play center. You have to have that two-way ability. You have to have defensive sound plays. You can't be giving up the puck. Um, uh, you can't be making unnecessary moves. That, that move in the first game against Boston where he goes against the corner and puts the puck between his legs to pass it, and then gets rocked, and it's like, no, you know what? That was a good hit. He should have got rocked, and like a lot of people were mad about that, but no, I think it was a fantastic hit by McAvoy. It's warranted. Like, Keep it simple. A kiss. Keep it simple. Stupid. You don't have to be make those unnecessary plays between your legs and put yourself in a vulnerable position. You could have made a simple, easy pass and created that offense without doing that whole fancy stuff. I like the fancy stuff. I like the, the goals. I like the fact that he brought Anaheim on the map as far as like coverage and media with all everything he does. But it's a time and place for it. Right now, you're supposed to be honing your game. You're supposed to be helping your team uh, and kind of evolving into a leader and help the team get some wins and help it, help it keep it simple. But, yeah, I'm not really too impressed with his play, and I just I wish that he just steps up a little bit more and and starts putting those uh, those numbers on the board that we def- desperately need. Yeah, and, th- and that's, where, that's where I do agree with the benching because, like you said, that it's not just one game. You know, you only got one assist, no goals yet. I mean, and, and you're right. We were projecting him, um, you know, get 70 points maybe 80 points a season i mean now he's on pace to get like 15 i mean (laughs) it's kind of crazy i mean he should get more than that but you know maybe that ties into the whole carlson thing him him playing some games with them and then henrique and switching that up that that could be a factor too so i'm with it but here's the other thing too are you gonna bench everybody else for the same thing um are you gonna do the same thing like say Say another game down the line, someone else does it. Are you going to tell them they're out for the rest of the game? If it's, say, the first or second period? Or even Zegras. Say Zegras keeps not playing up to par and it's the end of the first period. You're going to tell them, hey, dude, uh, you're not going to play the second and third period? And, and that's where I kind of have an issue. And that's that's why I was more about giving a short-term uh, timeout, giving him a chance to redeem himself. And then if there's another game where he's doing you know, really poorly and doing all this dumb stuff, then then you hit him harder. I mean, to me, there's nowhere else to really go. You already benched him for a whole period and overtime. So what do you what are you gonna do? Uh, if if I mean, I don't. I hope he, he he picks up his game like we we all want to. But say he has a really crappy first period in another game, you're gonna say, hey Z, uh, uh, hang out on the bench, dude. Uh, you're not gonna play the rest of the game. I mean, <sighs> I, I don't know. That that's the thing. I'm all about progressive discipline. It's kind of, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a supervisor at my work. I've been doing that for almost two years now. And I've had to discipline people. And I, I don't like it. I, I'm not a fan of it. But 
I'm all about progressive discipline. You you know, you, you start out small and then you go big. You know, it's like you, you give them a warning, um, then you give them a written uh, reprimand, then, you know, if you have to give them time off, then you give them time off. I, I just feel like he's like, well, you're out. You're out for the rest of the game. You know, you're, you're just not you're just not up to it, you know. And, and, I, and granted, I think it's a combination of all the games, but... You know that's kind of my concern, and then if you and if you don't do that to the other players, is it going to be a situation like you talked about with Carlson Eddie? Is is Z going to go? Okay, well at the end of my three-year contract, I know where I'm going. It's anywhere but Anaheim, and, and that's something I'm kind of afraid of, Eddie. Yeah, you know what, Matthew Kachuk made that clear too. You can be an RFA and you have a lot more rights than you think. Matthew Kachuk informed Calgary that he would not. He does not want to re-sign, and he's not uh, part of their long-term plans. He made that public, him and his agent. When you say that, it's like, okay, you can't keep that player. Number one, it's bringing that toxic environment in the locker room, having someone that doesn't want to be there. And number two, it's just like, you gave every other team leverage. I think now, with the way hockey's going to go, I think the, the RFAs are going to have a lot more control of what they're going to do. They're not going to wait till eight years or when they're above 27 to actually pick a team they want. I mean, you really see it with college players already that they can just opt to go to college for three years. Like Fentelli, like I said, like there was no way he was going to sign in Anaheim. He he said he made it clear in interviews that his number one choice was Columbus. He wanted to be there. Um, interviews about Anaheim, he was just kind of skeptical, like whatever. Uh, he wasn't a player that I, I, I can bet everything I can right now that he was not going to sign with Anaheim. He was going to opt the college route play there for a few years or maybe inform Anaheim and do a Lindros thing like, hey, I'm not going to resign with you guys. If it takes me playing college for three years, which in college they can have endorsements now and they can make money in doing that, then so be it. And he would have been uh, UFA come those three years after. So I think a lot of these players have a lot more um, say in where they're going to go. And with Zegers too, he, I mean, you can't really just hold his hand and baby him. I get it. Discipline. I, I get that. You have to learn your lesson, but not even a chance to redeem yourself. Not even a chance to let him go back and see how he's going to react from that. You just keep him on the bench the whole time. Like that's, that, that was just a dumb decision on his part. I'm glad the Ducks got a win for, uh, from that. But, I mean, things could have been different. Um, but Cronin just, I guess, had that old school mentality, which I'm an old school person. I love that. But, I mean, you can't do that now these days. Like These players need to be kind of cradled a little bit uh, and babied. Um, I think Cronin should have given him that chance to go over there and see what he can do and see how he bounces back from the adversity that he had and that benching. So, yeah, that that's the thing too is I think you got to find that happy medium, right? When I talked to the players before the season started, and I think we mentioned it on the sh- uh, one or two shows ago, the players, uh, some of them were excited but also like um, anxious for Cronin to come in because they knew he was more of a discipline. Uh, type coach than Dallas Aikens uh, was and some of them were all for that and they were like okay yeah we we get it but um, yeah you got to find a happy medium and I mean you saw the when they won the game too they did an interview with him and he a couple expletives in there and he's just like all right everybody uh, you know we got to be out of here at 11 35 and and get on the plane and we're out you know like okay I mean kind of reminds me of you know Kurt Russell and Miracle, right? When he's on the ice with the guys again, again, like, and I'm all for that too. I'm all for that too. Just like you, Eddie, you and I generationally were, were a little bit more old school. 
And, you know, we'll take that. I'm all for that. And that's why I am for him benching Zegers. You know, him not playing well and not doing it. Well, hey, here you bench him. I, I just think you should at least give him one more chance in that game to go out there and, and, and try to make up for it. That, that's the only point that I, I really thought in there. But the other part of this, too, is, and, I mean, you have to give Verbeek and Cronin credit. If they say something, they're going to do it. So that's another thing. You know where you stand with them. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Cronin told him at the end of the second period, hey, dude, you're not playing the rest of the game. And he did stick to it. So he's not bending with what he's telling. You know, he's not he's not wishy-washy. So so you got to at least give him credit there for Beak. Same way. That, you know, these guys are, are, are ultra-competitive. They're both hard-nosed guys, which I love. I love all that. Um, but, uh, you know, if you piss them off, look out. Because uh, you're going to be in the doghouse. And Zegers was in the doghouse for the rest of that game against Columbus, right or wrong. So uh, that that's one thing. You know what you're going to get with both of these guys. Um, you know, uh, that's the one thing I can say. I mean, they're... they aren't going to bend. <laughs> right, Eddie? They're, they're, you know, again, brother, again. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, hopefully uh, this is water under the bridge. And hopefully they, they had a nice discussion and... You kind of go from there, and, and Zegers can hopefully light a fire under his ass and start producing how he's uh, supposed to be producing. But yeah, it's that's wait and see, I guess, Mike. We gotta wait and see. So speaking of games, Mike, too, I, I don't know, it popped in my mind right now. I'm looking forward to going to a game with you. I missed you, man. And then we're still. I know we gotta uh, figure that out. Yeah, your birthday game too. I uh, uh, I know Ruth asked me about the tickets, you know. So if I hope you know, I, I wrote her. She's really nice. She's just really cool. So I hope she's not just thinking we forgot about it. But no, I, I'm still planning on that. I want to go. So I just gotta. I know our schedules are really crazy right now, but I'm looking forward to sitting uh, behind the bench. Maybe we can uh, give Cronin some of our ideas and he'll take them, or maybe he'll just yell at us. <laughs> and I I, I, I I probably wouldn't piss him off. He looks he looks pretty hardcore to me. So. But yeah, we got to figure out what date works and we go to the game. Be a fun time. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, for sure. We'll make it happen, dude. Um, yeah, let's just kind of wrap it up our last segment that we usually do, kind of the league news here uh, to wind down the show. But just a couple little things that happened. And not, nothing too big lately, but uh, you had the Senators. Uh, Shane Pinto got suspended for half the season for gambling. Which is kind of crazy. Uh, I, I guess he wasn't gambling on hockey, but he was gambling on other sports, Eddie. And uh, now he's gone for half the season. Kind of, kind of crazy. I, I, I'm, I'm curious, like the specifics, but league very big on not gambling on sports. <laughs> yeah, that was just kind of weird that he gets that many games of gam- uh, gambling on sports that's not related to hockey, but then you can have a, a, a video coach, you know, pretty much rape kids. And Chicago gets away with it with a slap in the wrist. It's funny how the league works that way. And yeah, I'll call Chicago out on that too because it's still that's still bullshit. But it's a weird situation, and it's just where I know uh, the NFL has um, some rules about you can't place bets in the stadium of other sports. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation. I want to look more into it, and hopefully, there's more details that uh, that pop out. I know all these stupid uh, these analysts and media personalities. They want to jump to the story and jump to conclusions and smear someone's name. And, and all the big ones, too. Elliot Freeman, all, all of them. They, they, all they want to do is just throw something out first without having the facts. And everyone assumed that he was gambling 
and doing Patrick Kane, or I'm sorry, uh, Vander Kane kind of stuff and gambling on hockey, but it, that wasn't the case. He didn't bet on hockey. It's just irresponsible reporters that keep ruining the game and ruining people uh, just for their own personal benefit because they're so pathetic in life. That that's all they have. But 40, what, 41, 40, 41 games, that's, that's excessive, I think. Um, other things, I don't know. I guess I'll leave it at that. I don't want to... I don't want to say something on this show that's going to get me in trouble or, or get us in trouble or blackballed or canceled or whatever. I just, I'll leave it at that. I think it's excessive. Um, hopefully, it doesn't affect his career. He, he was a, a good player. He still has a, he's still an RFA waiting for a contract. It seems like Ottawa rescinded all of their offers toward him. So it seems like he's after this 40 game suspension, he'll have to just start, or during it. Had to sign like a as qualifying offer and go from there and kind of redeem himself. But I think he got thrown under the bus, and I think those games, especially not betting against on hockey, is excessive. Yeah, for forty-one games is a lot. It's pretty crazy. Curious to see you know how that all pans out in the long run. Well, uh, you know, you, you know bit, um, you know. Kunetsov too. He was actually caught with right. cocaine, uh, a cocaine in the background. He said, "What do you say?" But it was like the powder, or it was something different. And then he said, "Oh well, it wasn't mine." It's like he well, he got yeah. what like four or five. He got less than ten games, and then he tested positive. Not, not my. And he tested positive. Not for my co- pants. Yeah, and he tested positive for cocaine, and he just got banned from playing from um from Russia, uh, like the juniors or Olympics for a while. But NHL just kind of slapped on the wrist, like man, maybe Bettman's a supplier of. Some good quality stuff. Maybe him and um, what, what, what's that guy? Pablo Escobar had some ties back in the day. Damn. I guess you can uh, you can you can do cocaine and you can have a pedophile working in your team, and that's that's not that's not bad. But God forbid you bet on any sport, and that's that's bad. Shit. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's. Crazy stuff, man. Um, well, the good thing too, though, Mike, like the player Pinto, he, uh, he, his statement, he took full responsibility. He's not gonna, he's not gonna contest this, the, the suspension. So he took responsibility for his actions. That's really mature of a young player doing that. So I can applaud him that. But like I said, and we we, we both agree that's too excessive amount of time uh, for a suspension. No good. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, just own it and move on. That, that's all you can really do at that point. Uh, the only other kind of news that kind of came up that's kind of interesting was about the draft and decentralizing it. Uh, I, I don't understand why there's a push for this, Eddie, but I guess apparently they want to do the draft and not have everybody in the same building. Kind of kind of weird idea. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about this? I don't like it. Um, once again, the, the, the National Hockey League wants it to be like basketball rules and stuff like that. Why do they keep changing the game that was perfect in the beginning with? Like, they're changing the game. They want new fans, but, like, they're, it, it, I don't know. It seems like a slap in the face to all the loyal fans that have been following this sport for years and years. And every time they do something different, the ads on the jerseys, the helmets, like, it just keeps lying. I don't know. I, honestly, I think hockey is going to be a dying sport. I, I think that they're going to do more harm than anything. Even myself, I'm a, I love hockey. That was the best thing, like, that happened in my life. But even I'm getting turned off by the fact of watching the NHL anymore. And it sucks that I lost that, that that complete fire for the game, but it just things like that. Why change it? 
you that's like one of the greatest things fans go they have a great time great experiences you have all the gms that can talk face to face and make deals done uh you have stories from from players that remember their first time with the draft now what do you want to do just hold it and call the player like hey you got drafted i don't know i think it's stupid and i think this league is trending down in the wrong direction and it's only a matter of time before i just kind of just punch my card and check out and go follow some badminton team or golf or some other boring sport because hockey just things like that just irritate me it's not there's like old school mentality it's just like you're taking away from experience that experience of a lifetime all because you, you're complaining about having traveling to one certain location uh for the draft like it's just it's so stupid uh this this uh, this league is just i don't know mike I, i'm getting really frustrated with the league is it's kind of going down I'm going to stick to watching the KHL. Maybe it could be a Russian version of Ducks and Pucks that I can run. <laughs> well, you know, the other part of the draft thing, too, is, like, you get everybody in the building, and you have your teams all together, and you you have the GMs that run around and talk to each other. You have that, that in-person, you know, communication, impromptu meetings, deals get done, uh, you know all that kind of stuff, and and that'll go by the wait side because now it's it's back to picking up the phone and calling other people. You know, I you know I don't know. I, I'm not really a big fan of decentralizing it. I, I think just keep rotating it and having it in place, and 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 you know, I think that's a good thing for the league, and I think people get excited. You have all the the you know usually the guys that think they're going to go in the first you know couple rounds are there with their families, and it's a special moment for them, and they go up on stage and they do all that stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think the logistically it'd be a nightmare because you you have them up there, but then like, what are you gonna do? Not have a representative from your team to go up there and like congratulate them? I mean, you know, that's the whole part of it. You have the owner gets up there, the coach gets up there, the scouts get up there. You know, they give them the jersey, they take the photos. You know, especially on day one, uh, first round. Uh, you know, that's a, the, a big big deal. And then obviously you have the later rounds come on, but it's still, still a big deal for all these players. And I, I think you're taking a little bit away from it. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not, not really a fan of that as well. So um, with that, kind of kind of went out down the show, uh, some kind of announcements and things going on with us. Uh, we started a Discord channel if you want to join it um, on Ducks and Pucks. It's open to everybody. It's not a private channel. You don't have to pay to go on there. I don't believe in doing that. But if you want to go on there, I've got a bunch of people signed up recently. We're having a group chat on there and talking, having a really good time. Uh, if you want to do that, you can join our Patreon uh, as well. Um, you'll get free gear on there uh, too, and we're also doing our, our watch parties at Noble Ale Works. If you go to Noble Ale Works too, by the way, during a duck game, and you're wearing duck stuff, uh, when you order, tell them ducks and pucks, and you'll get a discount off of your order. So that that's something to look forward to as well. If you if you make it out there um, for those, uh, just a couple things. It, I I don't know. It's, it's the world's crazy. I, I hate to end on a note like this, but uh, a couple things that have happened. I, I couldn't remember if we did talk about it last show or not, but uh, you know, for the Ducks, Nick Cordelius sadly passed away in a motorcycle accident. Um, so I just you know want to you know share our sympathy for you know all the players that played with him and family and friends and whatnot, and you know obviously everybody that's fans of him. Um, just very very tragic. And then, of course, uh, we just um, had the active shooter in Maine as well. So, um, same thing. Uh, sympathy goes out to all those people out there as well. Um, it's just, just kind of a crazy time right now. So that's why, uh, I, I, you know, people that know me, we, we talk about how we are. I, I'm a positive person, you know. Uh, you, you, your outlook, 
Um, you know, obviously bad things happen in life and, and we can't always control all those kind of things. But uh, what you can control is how you act and how you respond. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate these couple of things have happened to Eddie. But uh, uh, I always use that as a reminder to people that, hey, you know, live your life. Um, do the stuff that you love to do. Don't, you know, don't hurt anybody. If you got, you know, grievances against other people, try and resolve them. Uh, you just never know when your time's going to be up. So um, I guess that that's the best thing I can say, you know, in these tragic type situations is uh, you can't dwell on it. You can't live in fear and be depressed 24 um, seven. You know, life does go on. Uh, of course, you, you mourn for those and, and you feel for those and you give support to those when the, when the negative things happen. But um, enjoy the time that you have. You know, uh, as you guys know, I lost my, my mom on New Year's Eve on 2019. I was at the Ducks game in Vegas, and she's obviously the reason why uh, you know this whole thing started. She's the one that bought me the tickets to the very, very first game, and I know Eddie lost his dad, and I know a bunch of you out there have lost significant others, especially in the last couple of years. So, you know, it, there's stuff that goes on, but uh, uh, that's that's really all I have to say about those things. I don't know if there's anything you want to add, um, Eddie, uh, before we wrap up here. No, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, my heart goes out to all the families and stuff like that. Uh, it's just it's tragic, like you said. You have to live life like it's your last. Life. That's why I live. Um, like, like Mike mentioned, did lose my dad in January. It sucks. It hurts. But you know what? He gave me the greatest gift I can ever get. He got me into hockey, and he's the reason why that Mike and I are 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 brothers. Like, like he's not even my friend. Mike, you're my brother, and I told you this numerous times. And like I'm glad 100%. I met you. Like I, I feel like like just being your friend makes me a better person. Being your brother makes me a better person. So I'm glad that we can do this. I'm glad that we have the following base that we do. And I'm just glad I could honestly get to talk to you. One, I don't care if we had zero followers. Just talking hockey with you and just kind of connecting with you is is really good. Um, so yeah, I, I let's end it on a positive note, Mike. Let's do something. Um, I hope you have a good time in, in, in Texas. Do me a favor. Take a shot for me, buy me a shot glass, and then when I go to Colorado, I'll take a shot for you and then buy you a shot glass. And we'll exchange those or take shots at your house from those shot glasses that we bought each other. <laughs> Let's do that and <laughs> have that positive experience. I'm totally and, down. And definitely looking forward to going to a game. Um, if we can get if we can get a game in soon before you leave or when you come back, and then we can coordinate when we can get uh, the game for Roots tickets to sit behind the bench and be celebrities for a day. Uh, looking forward to making my... Uh, my uh, my ducks debut on TV, so that'll be fun. No, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, one hundred percent. Mike, thank you again for everything. Thank you for bringing me on. Thank you for allowing me to kind of just roam free and and kind of just talk how I talk for ducks hockey. Uh, I'm glad I do this, and I'm glad that it just has that 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 connection to the game. So I really thank you for that. And ducks just scored. Yeah, by I'm the with way. you too. I think Leo Carlson just scored, Mike. Ugh. At the very end with the empty net. <laughs> no, no, uh, Ducks are down 3-1, now 3-2. Yep, Carlson scored a second goal of the season against the Bruins. 155 left. And, yeah. see if they See if they pull it out. <laughs> uh, should we stay on recording until <laughs> the last minute of the game? Uh, or actually, uh, I think it looks like Boston scored. No, no, no. Carlson just scored. It's happened. Am I behind? Maybe. Am I behind on the feed? Uh, I don't know because that's because it's showing four to one now, Boston. Oh, okay, never mind. I'm behind. Damn it. 
Well, Co- I don't know. well, Carlson scored. Yeah, I'm behind on the feed. You know what? The the Valley Sports app kind of sucks. I'm not gonna lie. So I gotta. Um, well, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It it's uh, it's almost over here. You've seen four to one. Yeah, it's saying it's four to one. It's four to one, Boston. No, it should be three two. I don't know. That's that's what the the wet, the NHL freaking. Oh, thing is okay, Mike. Okay, we'll, we'll go off topic again. The new app sucks. It's terrible. But Mike. but you're right. No, Leo did score. So I don't know what what the website. It is three to two. I don't I don't know why the the NHL website saying it's four to one. It's terrible. So, I, so you know I what? Don't I don't know. I'm just gonna suck it up and I, I'm gonna get Spectrum cable just so I can have a, a live game. This is like rid- yeah. ridiculous. The, the Bally's app, it's terrible. It sucks. So I'll just spend the extra money. And that's my point too, Mike. You want to grow the game, but you make it so hard for fans to watch the game. Like, that's ridiculous. But, hey, you yeah, know what? So no, we get in on a positive note. Leo Carson has a second goal of the season. Hell yeah, there. big time. And, and you're right. I, I don't know what it is. The NHL, the website too, and the app is horrible. But yeah, it, it's three to two. So see that, if the Ducks could pull the sucker out. They definitely need <laughs> some, some a better production team for software development. Like man, that's just... dude. You know what's hard? On, you know what's hard on the NHL website too is like looking up stats. Uh, oh, yep. I, I don't know. It's it's like the screen is all screwed up. I I don't know. I, it's just hard to read stuff. That that's another thing. Like NHL, please fix your website. Like. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, it's just yeah, it's got issues. And you know what? A lot of fans have been commenting on that. A lot of fans are like saying that, like the the, the app sucks. It's terrible. It's just. Well, and then look right now, you, you know, you're seeing on the thing that Carlson scored, but then the website was saying it was four to one Boston. Like, like they they're not even posting the right scores. Like, like come on. You know what I mean? You're like you're like, hey, Carlson scored. I'm like, well, the website says that. I'm like, like what? What's going on? Like, I just yeah, I don't know why they redesigned it. I thought the website was fine last season. Yep, it was, yeah, it was perfect. Oh, Mike, too. Uh, what's so. up with uh, with fantasy hockey? That's what I wanted to mention on the show before we got off. We're like twelve and thirteen. Oh, yeah. We're getting your asses kicked. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing so great. Uh, those of you that are in the league, you can laugh at my team and whatever. I, I'm doing good this week. I, I'm killing whoever I'm. Whoever, whoever's playing me this week, you're getting you're getting blown out. But <laughs> who are you uh, playing this much week? Five, uh, I gotta look. I, I forget who it I'm is. But I'm killing right it right now. I, I'm, the mighty I'm like one. Rocking it. Yeah, and I'm rocking and rolling. I'm beating him t- ten to three right now this week but i you know it's it's still got a couple days to go but but i've been 500 so far so the rest of you guys can laugh at me the mighty one is uh joshua oh it is josh okay so yeah thank you guys for the the fantasy thing too uh trying to revamp it make it better i want to do a paid one um if you guys are interested in doing a paid one uh maybe a few more weeks into the season we can all pitch in money mike i can just give you the money and we can do a paid league for those that are interested in that we can just do a draw. Oh, Duck scored. Duck scored. Yeah, it's oh. tied. <laughs> oh, man. Terry scored, it, I, it seems like. Yep. Oh, man. Might have to end this now and go watch the overtime. Yeah, Michael. <laughs> cut the show off. It was good to actually have a live feed in the game. We don't have to talk about Boston yeah. game on the next show. but. And hold the phone. The, the Ducks just won. Holy crap. Mason McTavish scored in overtime. The Ducks rallied from three to one. 
down to come back and win four to three. Amazing. Uh, as we were talking about, as you know, during the show that the Ducks were losing, <laughs> came back and tied it, and now they've won. Uh, Carlson gets the uh, the goal started uh, two minutes to go in the game uh, to pull him within one. Uh, Terry ties it up, and then Carlson assists on the overtime winner. Wow. What a game, and uh, what a statement by Carlson. Uh, as we talked about earlier in the show, yeah, you know he should he should play more often. Wow, amazing. Well, we'll uh, wrap up the show on this uh, exciting note and go celebrate as uh, everyone else should. Uh, the Ducks uh, stun the Bruins in overtime and, and win, uh, knocking them off. They they were undefeated, but no more. Wow, um, and uh, we'll wrap up the show with that. And uh, let's go Ducks. <laughs> 